Welcome to the Science of Parenting podcast, where we connect you with research-based information that fits your family. I'm Lori Cordles, parent of three in two different life stages. Two are launched and one is still in high school. And I'm a parenting educator. And I'm Mackenzie Johnson, parent of two littles with their own quirks. And I'm a parenting educator. Today, we'll talk about the realities of raising a family and how research can help guide our parenting decisions. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today we get to wrap up season nine on regulation. Yes, nine seasons. Yeah, I know, right? And I just, I'm excited because we, you know, all season we've been walking through these like different considerations and different approaches and thought Mm -hmm. processes and putting those puzzle pieces together today. I think it's just going to feel like really satisfying. Like, yeah. We reflected and we learned stuff and we're going to we tell did. you about it. We learned stuff <laughs> and we are going to toss in a really random thing here and just say today's episode is different from all the episodes we've done for a while. So surprise, we'll leave you in suspense for just It's kind a bit of like longer. when we used to do live. Yes. I didn't correct. connect these dots. So if you used to watch us live or you've mm-hmm. listened back to those episodes where we were live, mm-hmm. maybe you already yes. know. Yeah, you don't exactly. have to wait very long yeah. to see. Well, okay. So just before we get started, I don't want to forget that this season has several research citations from Dr. Wendy Grolnick and her colleagues on a chapter in a book. So the chapter's on child regulation, right? Yes. And it's called The Handbook of Parenting, Volume yeah. 5. So there are lots of different citations from there. Everything that we pulled this season was um, from really great experts who were all talking about regulation and how that really plays out in the lives of families, not just the children who have to regulate. Yes. Yes. Like, what do parents, what do we Mm -hmm. need to know about regulation? So, yeah. So for this episode, we're just going to kind of walk through, like, what was this episode? What were we talking about? Why did we break things up the way we did? What ahas have we had? And so let's just get, let's get into it. Like. What okay. about season one or season one? I mean, all the way back. <laughs> all the way back. That was episode. going back. Yeah. So what actually is regulation? We had to define it. Okay. So we used a research definition and basically it's the process of an individual aligning their behaviors to the demands of the specific situation. Yes. Right. And so this can include how we align our behavior to the specific situation. It can include how we align our emotions with a specific situation or how we align our cognition or our thinking with the situation. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that was a big part of that first episode and a few episodes throughout the season Mm -hmm. is that breakdown of behavior regulation, emotional regulation and cognitive regulation. So that, you know, looking at what that regulation looks like for behavior, sometimes it is meeting rules. Sometimes it is Mm -hmm. resisting impulsive things or temptation. And then in cognitive, it can be that ability to pull things from that working memory, the, what you give attention to being able to shift it or being able to avoid letting it shift. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that attention and things like that. And then our attitude is a part of our thinking and our cognitive regulation. And then emotional, emotional regulation, right? Managing how our, like how emotional we get. But then I loved that they list out like initiating an emotion, inhibiting and avoiding. Yes. 
<laughs> I, we have to do that sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's not always a bad thing. Like we're like, oh, but you need to feel. And it's like, well, we mm-hmm. will. But sometimes it's like, well, not yet or not right now. Or yes. you know what? I will feel that in a little bit. Like, yes, <laughs> yes. So there are different kinds of regulation. Uh, that's a big part of what we talked about in episode one. It is. And that really led us into episode two, where we talked about, mm, I'm the adult here. And sometimes <laughs> we have to own up to our own role in regulation. Mm-hmm. Right. So like mm-hmm. the idea here in that episode was we all as adults need to manage our own regulation in order to help our child manage theirs. Right. Mm -hmm. So when they're facing distress, when they're dysregulated, we cannot possibly expect them to maintain a sense of, you know, control if we don't do it first. Yes. Yes. And that, and it is, you know, recognizing that it's a hard, it can be, it's not always Mm -hmm. hard, but it can be really hard because in any other relationship, we are only in charge of our regulation, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Okay, with my coworkers, with my adult siblings, with my parents, mm-hmm. with my co-parent, like whoever it is, as adults, we are in charge of our regulation only in that interaction. With our children, <laughs> oh. we're in charge of our regulation and at the same time we're trying to teach them. So while we're trying to like, mm-hmm. okay, don't lose it on them, because it's all, they're also trying to figure out how to do this. So I have to teach it while yes. I'm practicing it. And that is... <laughs> That's a unique situation for parents. And I'm like, and maybe classroom teachers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suddenly Absolutely. I'm like, oh, and them too. And child professionals. And yes. <laughs> but regulating ourselves so that we can be intentional um, mm-hmm. and regulated. I mean, yes. we have to regulate ourselves so we're regulated. Hmm. Yes. That's yes. not brain science. <laughs> no. Okay. So now we come to our little tidbit here. Uh, we're mixing it up to wrap yeah. up the season. And so instead of saving, Barb's insight and uh, saving our stop brief talk for the end. We're going to bring Barb in right now. We're going to um, do a little processing. Hey, Barb. Uh, we're going to do a little processing and thinking through what we learned and what we've talked about this season. And Barb was such an important part of helping us put it together and make sense of everything. And so it's like, it only feels right that the three it of does. us do this together. Yes, <laughs> it does. So we have uh, a question for all three of us to answer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll ask the question. I was like, do you have a question? (laughs) I do have a question. (laughs) How did you know I had a question? (laughs) Okay. So after these first two episodes um, or after recording the whole season, I guess, as we think about regulation and and specifically these first two episodes, what behavior will you be more intentional about when it comes to regulation? Something will be more intentional about. Yes. When it comes to regulation. I know. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. She gets the off the cuff. She gets the <laughs> off the cuff, right? Yes. Go for it, Barb. So I think that I am going to be more intentional, more intentional <laughs> about not judging. Mm. I'm the adult in the situation, and mm-hmm. maybe I'm watching other parents interact with their children. It's mm-hmm. really easy for me to judge. Oh, those mm-hmm. children are dysregulated. Those children mm-hmm. can't keep it together. Mm-hmm. Those parents, they don't know what they're doing. Judging, judging, judging. Mm-hmm. 
I, after listening and thinking through and reading the research around regulation of kids and families, I'm going to be um, less judgmental Good. because I know that it isn't uh, one stop shop and one, one resource isn't going to help everybody. Mm-hmm. That each family's on their own journey for self-regulation. Mm-hmm. Yes. And yes. so I'm going to stop judging and instead give grace. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm going to be intentional. I do too. I love that. I think I'm going to be more intentional about thinking across the different kinds of regulation. Okay. And recognizing, in part, recognizing it in myself and in my kids mm-hmm. of like, you worked really, you know, I loved how I heard you change how you were thinking about that. I loved how I heard, you know, I thought so much about regulation is emotions. Regulations is emotions. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to regulate your emotions. Um, and I didn't even connect like regu- like behavior mm-hmm. and emotional regulation. And really we're kind of talking about both. But yeah, so I think I'm looking for opportunities is what I want to be more intentional about. Looking for opportunities to recognize and you know, even in myself to explore a little bit more about when I might need to regulate a thought, when I might need mm-hmm. to regulate a feeling and to give myself permission to say like, okay, I'm not going to feel this right now. I'm going to wait. And that like, that's regulating. That's not a bad thing. Like, I'm meeting the, the like situation, the needs right. of the situation. That's regulation. Mm-hmm. That's, that is a really great way to put it. I hadn't thought of it that way yeah. before. What about so you? The, what will you the, be intentional about? Okay. So the other thing I'll, I always thought like regulation. Okay. For little kids. Okay. Like, so like I'm teaching my little kids how to regulate. Well, just last week I was super frustrated with my 22 year old and I was close enough to her to hear her shallow breathing and breathing rapidly. And so I had this moment of, oh my goodness, Lori, you need to make sure that you maintain calm, cool, and collect, take some deep breaths, slow your conversation, slow the breathing, the, the pauses in between what you're speaking about, because I still needed to model to her how to regulate. And I guess, you know, when we started this season, I just kept thinking, oh, this is for younger, you know parents of younger children. And then my 22 <laughs> year old dog on it gives me an opportunity to, I'm the adult here. I had to regulate. Uh, I have a role in helping her regulate. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So a lot of ahas, you know, and just those reflections right out of the gate of, mm-hmm. okay, what is regulation? Oh, it's these other things too. And our role in that. Um, it is. So we're going to keep going here. So we're going to okay. say, uh, see you in a little bit to Barb. Okay, we'll bring Barb <laughs> she's back. Gonna, yes, she's going to come back when we reflect on kind of the next section of mm-hmm. episodes. So for now, we are going to look at episodes three and four, right? Yes. So in three and four, we looked at things that we should consider when we think about regulation. So what are some really important things that we should consider as we talk about regulation? And those two things that we talked about in episodes three and four were age and temperament. So yes, with age, we know that it's an important consideration when we think about regulation. The developmentalist perspective tells us it's a highly justif- 
justifiable reason mm -hmm. or something. Um, but when we think about age and regulation, we know that it will help us consider how we can help our kids regulate and that with certain ages, what they are regulating, right? The developmental task, the task mm -hmm. of their regulation at that age might be related to specific things, right? So we saw like our babies, babies are really working on regulating their feeding, their sleeping, their attention. And then into our toddlers, they now mm -hmm. suddenly have rules. <laughs> they have to regulate their behaviors to stay within the expectations of the rules. And they suddenly have all of this freedom and their walking and their mobility that they can just interact with the world and explore. And so <laughs> that is a lot of things to learn to regulate. <laughs> that is. That is a lot of things to learn to regulate when you've only been around for 24 months. <laughs> yes. Oof. Then we look at the preschoolers and it's about this time that our preschoolers, they're starting to regulate how to avoid trouble. We talked mm. a little bit about at this age, developmentally, they might start lying. And, th and that's really around that idea of, I don't want to get in trouble. Even though you literally saw me kick over that block tower, <laughs> I'm still going to tell you I didn't do it. That wasn't me. That wasn't me. No. Okay. So that it is that, that idea that they're trying to align to what the behavior should be. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're also thinking about their own personal choice, you know, regulating the choices that they can make. Mm -hmm. Moving into the school agers and the preteens, they're really starting to align and regulate their behavior as a way to belong mm. in a group of friends, in their school, um, in a group activity around the neighborhood. So when we think about developmentally in those ages, that's what they want to do to belong. And so as they regulate, if they become dysregulated, mm. they might be excluded from belonging to some type of group. Yeah or activity. So it becomes mm. kind of important to them in their eyes to figure out a way to stay regulated. Yes. And that to social expectations, mm. right? That's like mm -hmm. what they're regulating toward. Yes. 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 Oh, that fascinates me. Uh, well, and then our teens, it kind of shifts back the other direction mm -hmm. and our teens and our young adults and our emerging adult kids, they're really needing to regulate their behavior and the way they see the world mm. to align with their long-term goals, right? Mm -hmm. Are they making choices that align with what they want to do after high school? Yes. Um, you know, and so they do that. The shift of what they regulate toward, what they're aligning with, the expectations of the situations. Um, and yeah, what types of tasks they're regulating. Mm -hmm. um, age is a huge consideration in regulation. Uh, yeah. That's, a, that's the whole thing. It's a huge it consideration in regulation. <laughs> it is. And so then the other consideration we talked about was temperament. And of course, we love talking about temperament, but we really shared how temperament plays into both being able to remain regulated or align your behavior, thoughts, and emotions mm -hmm. with your temperament, or what does dysregulation look like? So we spent some time talking about how temperament can express regulation or dysregulation, how temperament <laughs> might create these opportunities to become dysregulated or create alignment with regulation, uh, or how we can utilize our temperament traits to become more regulated. 
So I like to think about regularity or biological mm -hmm. rhythms as a temperament trait and looking at that from the lens of if we have a high regularity or we are very regular, well, things, we like things to happen internally in our body at the same time every day. Mm -hmm. um, and if someone interferes with that, let's say the adult in our life takes us on a long road trip and our biological rhythm says, hey, I eat, sleep and poop at the same time every day. But now we're on this long road trip. You are interfering with my temperament trait regularity. <sighs> There's going to be some dysregulation. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, when I think of, yeah. And like irregular. Hello. That's me. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the same thing. Like, oh, I'm like, I'm hungry and it's 10 a.m. And it doesn't matter that we're in the car because I'm hungry. <laughs> yes. I know we just stopped. I still have to go to the bathroom. Yes. Oh, that is really, that's the example yes. I should have used. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and I, you know, of course, think of intensity mm -hmm. and how the, you know, the role that intensity has with regulation, how we see it and experience it. And mm -hmm. I always love to rem remind people about intensity it's literally a difference in how our brain, like how strongly our brain reacts to something. Yes. And so the actual experience someone is having with intensity, right? They're not being overreactive. It's literally the experience their brain is having in response is exactly. just more intense. It and is. so the way that they express dysregulation might be loud. It or might be. If they're low intensity, it might be more subtle. It might be quiet. It might be little things here and there rather than a big loud expression. And both of them are all right. Yes. They're just yes. different. They're a consideration. They're they are a consideration. They are a consideration. Okay. So I'm going to bring Barb in because I want to ask her a question again. <laughs> uh, so let's bring Barb back in and let's, let's ask another question and see what kind of answer Barb can come up with. But so <laughs> off hi Barb, off the cuff, <laughs> off the cuff again. Um, welcome back. So my question, as we talk about the considerations of regulation, what are some considerations the in terms of regulation that you hadn't thought about before? I think it's the whole notion of how our brain is at the core mm -hmm. of everything we're talking about, especially as we're growing and developing. And I think back to what you were talking about, about rhythms, mm -hmm. and it's a memory-based in other words, thinking about that baby in the womb who hears its mother's heartbeat mm -hmm. and it knows that rhythm of that heartbeat so that when the baby is born and becomes dysregulated, mama picks up that baby and puts the baby close to her chest. Mm. And all of a sudden that baby has that memory and hears that heartbeat. Mm -hmm. and is soothed, right? They feel yes. soothed. And so yes. I think about the memory that is created, that child becomes soothed, and then they have this idea that this is someone I can trust. This caregiver mm -hmm. yes. picked me up, yep. either yep. fed me, rocked me. Remember when you were talking about swaying? Mm -hmm. And how mm. important it was the rocking motion can be a helpful technique, a helpful strategy for yes. a dysregulated baby. Yes. It all goes back to the experience that that child had. And that's something I'm going to remember for a long time. Oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I think for me, one of the things that I hadn't considered so much was the actual like tasks mm -hmm. at different ages uh, related to regulation. You know, yeah, I thought it's emotional regulation. It's temper tantrums. You know, kind of like Lori said, you know, it, it's little kids. Yes. Uh, and the fact that it's what they're regulating toward and what what they're working on regulating mm -hmm. is different at different ages. And I, I mean, it feels like, well, of course you should know that. But I also yes. just like, it makes sense in a new way. It does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> to think about, yeah, we put a lot of rules on toddlers and they have to constantly regulate. And I mean, yeah, we need some of those rules, right? Like, no, you cannot go in the street. Like, no, you cannot, right? We need safety rules. We need rules about behavior and, uh, and there's a lot to regulate with there at is. different stages. And so, yeah, the tasks, mm -hmm. that whole thing really was like, ah, I did not consider that before. And as much of a brain development nerd that I like to proclaim to be, I really, that you are. Had, that, that it, I really hadn't thought about the idea of, gosh, you know, the brain develops from the bottom up, right? So when mm -hmm. an infant arrives, like they already know how to breathe. They don't have to think about breathing. Right. And mm -hmm. breathing is part of regulation. Right. But they don't know how to speak. And that comes from the top of their brain. And we know that mm -hmm. that doesn't grow and develop till like mid 20s. So, yeah. so, so, yes, children develop all, you know, like they have different things that happen as they develop, as their brain grows. But so does regulation, like regulation. Mm -hmm does the same thing. It starts down at the bottom of the brain and moves up the brain as the child grows. And so sometimes we have these expectations that their behaviors and thoughts should align maybe because they have a lot of words, but yeah. just because they have a lot of words doesn't mean that they have all of the ability to regulate themselves. Yes. Like the brain has different functions for each of the things that we do. And the regulation part of the brain still might not be as developed as the speaking part of the brain or the jumping part of the brain. Right. So just because they can do X doesn't mean that they can regulate Y. And mm. I just, yes, it's, it's all separate. It, it's all yes. intertwined, but it's still separate. And I remember when we were putting together our season on like developmental milestones mm -hmm. on ages and stages that, you know, we looked across a couple different sources to decide what was a good fit. And then some of them regulation was right. There was like physical development. Yes. Regulation, like self-regulation yes. development. It is. It's a, it can be a whole separate category. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. And the other thing was, I guess I didn't think that we'd pull seven episodes out of regulation. <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe, oh, we're going to have a bonus episode on regulation. Yay, mm -hmm. us. We did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Check. And I'll say, then, I mean, and insert Barb. Yes. <laughs> insert Barb here. Yes. Yeah, Barb, you do, like, bringing in the bigger picture of regulation. Is mm -hmm. there anything else you'd add, you know, thinking about some of these considerations we talked about? I just love what you said, Lori, because it's true. The brain makes a big difference. And when we consider it a brain-based mm -hmm. uh, function, then it allows us to give grace to children whose behaviors may not align with my expectations. Yes. Mm. And when I consider my child's temperament, 
then all of a sudden I can see, oh, just because a behavior looks not right to me, it might mm -hmm. simply mean that they are um, temperamentally not focused on what I just asked them to do. And it exactly. isn't because they are not listening to me. It's because they are so focused or they are so persistent on some mm -hmm. task they're doing. So for me, it's a lot about brain-based mm -hmm. and it's a lot about what temperament trait is uh, showing up big for them mm -hmm. and then trying to apply that knowledge to whatever behavior or emotion I'm seeing and then figuring it out mm -hmm. rather than just assuming from yes. the get-go yes. that some behavior I see is somebody acting po poking um, at you, trying to make you mad. Right? Yep, they're, negatively, they're intentionally or just doing this to yes. pushing my buttons. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, not pushing my buttons. Mm -hmm. Simply acting on the temperament they were given. Yep. Yes. Acting upon the experiences as they know them. So that for me mm. is kind of a, a good aha. Yes, yes. I love that. Okay. Well, we're going to go through the next episode. So we'll bring you back in a bit. Okay. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah. So in episodes five and six, the last two we did of the season, yes. uh, we looked, we started to get more into the strategies. I was going to say the practical, but they're all practical. It's just what part of it. So I would say we looked more at the specifics of what do we do to promote regulation and kind of our two yes. main themes where we yes. can set up an environment that mm -hmm. supports regulation and we can work on um, building our relationship and building secure attachment. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So as I think about building the environment, okay, well, I'm not talking about, you know, building a room or a space. I'm actually really talking about building this supportive structure around them, this structure that says, Hey, I'm going to help you. Uh, I'm going to build a safe space for you to make good decisions for you to make decisions on your own. I'm going to offer you opportunities to make decisions on your own. We call that autonomy. Um, I'm going to create this space for you to um, have some mastery or be able to learn how to do things all the way to the end. You're going to just feel so amazing <laughs> after you, you know, complete these tasks. Um, as the adult, I'm also going to help, you know, build this space that makes you feel like you're part of something, helps you belong. And all of these things play into regulation. So, yeah. The idea that I can make decisions on my own helps me regulate. The idea that I can be masterful over something helps mm -hmm. me with my regulation. And the idea that I can belong to something helps me with my regulation. Again, thinking about dysregulation, if I'm dysregulated, it also is impacting my ability to make decisions on my own. If I become mm -hmm. dysregulated, I might not be able to finish the task at hand because I get too frustrated. If I become dysregulated, gosh, they might not want me to belong to their activity right now because I'm out of sorts. Yes. That, yeah. That, that goes two directions mm -hmm. with, um, with self-determination theory and those basic needs. And yeah, love that. Oh, theory. that's right. The, that's right. That's the my theory. whole heart. <laughs> <laughs> of those three basic uh, needs. And yeah, that goes both directions. 
Well, and then we kind of also, you know, we didn't feel like we could talk about regulation without talking about the relationship, yes. uh, you know, that caregivers have with their child. And, and yeah, and for some parents, that's your biological parent for or your biological child. And in some cases, it's a stepchild. In some cases, mm -hmm. it's a foster child. And, you know, and thinking about the relationship that you have, and the relationship you can build. And, you know, we really focused on that attachment, which we know is important in those early years. But even when we maybe didn't have a child with us in those early years, whether they're mm -hmm. adopted or a foster child or, you know, we're caregiving for a child who's maybe in our family, but not our child. Right. And, you know, that we can still build a solid attachment, a solid relationship with them that can help them regulate that. Yes. We have the opportunity to be responsive to their needs and to be mm -hmm. warm and to consider what they have going on. And that when we do that, there's a lot better opportunity for us to, as Barb reminds us, co-regulate. Yes. When we have a solid relationship where our kids believe, okay, they care about what's going on with me. They're responsive to my needs. They, um, you know, they do hold appropriate expectations in that I know they'll keep me safe. And that lets them know like, okay, both I can fall apart here and I can regulate here. Like I can get help here. Yes. And so you know, there's a lot of things built into that, a lot of strategies. Uh, and we do have a whole list of strategies from the whole season that we want to go to. We do. But first, <laughs> let's bring her in. Bring back in Barb. Right. We want to do one more reflection with Barb mm -hmm. here on this season, um, you know, thinking all about regulation. Uh, so I have a question this time. Okay. <laughs> so what perspective has changed for you on regulation since we've been doing this season? Okay. What? about regulation. What's a perspective that's changed? Okay, I'll mm -hmm. go. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. So I believe that my perspective on regulation was really all about uh, dysregulation. And in, in fact, mm -hmm. I think early on there's, there, there are things I kept saying, I kept inserting the word self-regulation. So it was all about me and myself Reg keeping myself regulated so that I wasn't dysregulated, but I really early on, we started to talk about alignment. Yes. And that idea that we align our behaviors to certain situations, we align our thoughts, we align our emotions. And so that really, that really expanded. Yes. There are still things about self-regulation and dysregulation, but this whole concept of we do purposely align these three things so that we can be autonomous, have mastery. Yeah. Full circle. Right. And belong. Right. So we have, we align our behavior, our emotions and our thinking so that we can make good yeah. decisions be masterful and belong. And so that was kind of that, huh? Wow. That's a whole lot of stuff besides just, I have self-control. Mm. Mm -hmm. that's, that's mine. Yeah. What do you so think Barbie my, got one? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I just want to say we don't feel the same things every day, all the mm. time. Mm -mm. There is room for different feelings and there's certainly room for different behaviors. Mm -hmm. And not everything is always great. We mm. have to help kids see that we are going to have disappointments 
along the way. Yes. We are going to become dysregulated over different events, over different experiences that we have. Yes. And then, and then it's comes to us as adults to model. Okay. How do we move through that? You know, honor the feeling, honor the behavior as you see it. And then how do we, what tool do we have to move through it? How can Mm -hmm. we come out on the other end? And that's, that's the co-regulating piece and the alignment. Mm -hmm. You know, if I were treated that way, I would feel the same as you are feeling right now. I'd be be so disappointed. Mm. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, we see kids hitting each other to get back what they need or (laughs) knocking over things that other kids have built, you know, as a way to get Mm -hmm. back (laughs) But, but but what I'm saying is it's natural to have mm-hmm. disappointment and mm-hmm. sadness and mm-hmm. anger from time to time. And to acknowledge that, we can't take it away, but right. we can acknowledge it. And then we can say, what can we do to come through it and to become re-regulated again? You know, yes. I was thinking as we were talking about this whole season, our society as a whole, it values our ability to be regulated. It does. It it places a premium on Mm -hmm. all individuals to stay regulated. So when Mm -hmm. we become dysregulated, which is also natural Mm -hmm. from time to time, you know, it's just acknowledging, okay, what are the resources I have? What are the Mm -hmm. tools I have? Mm -hmm. And what you're going to do next is continue to provide some of those strategies. That's the the key. So Mm -hmm. I'll be ready to listen. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Kind of have two. Okay. One goes very similar to yours, Lori. And uh, again, it's like I knew these things, but I hadn't connected all these dots. Yes. So a perspective that's changed for me is thinking about how expectations is expectations are directly related to regulation. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I like you know, so not I knew the well, sometimes we need to check if our expectations are realistic, but I didn't connect it directly to their behavior or their Mm -hmm. like attitude or their ability to pay attention. Um, And so that, that realization of like what you're regulating toward something and that Mm -hmm. something is the expectations of the situation. And in a lot of cases as parents, we set that. Oh, absolutely. We do. Right. Like the expectation is this and that's set by the parent. And that's why no, like there's more than one way because every parent can have different expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one part is like, Oh, expectations and regulation. Like one is the other. Yes. <laughs> one yes. is directly correlated. Okay. And then the other thing, and maybe this is just me being a dork, but I feel like I realized this season, we said early on, like, we're not going to get into the technical, the technical side of it. We're not going to get into the, effortful control te- yeah. terms and yes the, you know and like all of those things and i i felt a little bit like oh then can i really say we're like oh is that deep enough is that is that enough and i really feel like coming through this season like we have and having the conversations we've had the having the knowledge without having the specifics of the terminology and feeling like an expert in all of it even without that, I've gotten a lot of tools and a lot of practical knowledge. Like mm-hmm. I can help my kids with regulation, even if I don't know in every term or yes. feel like I know every part of the brain that affects regulation. Yes. And it's just like, maybe that's a silly thing to have put on myself anyway, but just like, it was just perspective. Like I don't have to be an expert to help. Yes. I can help. 
Um, you don't have to be an expert in the in brain development to help your child regulate. Yes, exactly. How about that? Thank yes. you for summarizing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, well, and I want to thank Barb one more time. You know, we've had so mm -hmm. much fun having you on this season. Is I mean, before we wrap up our stop breathe talks with Barb for this season, is there yes. anything else you want to say to us about regulation? I just I just thank you always for um bringing the research to bear on what we want to consider for our families. Because mm -hmm. you know what? Then families have something to work with. They can decide what pieces fit their families. Once they know, you know, what are some key components that they can look for, mm -hmm. then they make the decision. This works for my child. This works for our family. And we get to mm -hmm. decide. But again, it starts with uh, some planning on our on our part at the science of parenting. And it's fun to be a uh, part of a team that uh, works on these things together. So I'll look mm. forward to what what's down the road. Oh, thanks, friend. Thank, Thank you. you. I'll say, and you, she gave us a beautiful segue. She did to thinking about mm -hmm. strategies here. Strategies. Here we go. Uh, you know that. Yeah, we hope we filled your toolbox this season with all kinds mm -hmm. of regulation tips and tricks. So we're going to run down some of the things that we did talk about throughout this season, mm -hmm. but we're going to put them all in one big list here. Yes. All <laughs> uh, right. Hit it. All right. In the first episode, there were two that came up. Uh, stop, breathe, talk. Of mm -hmm. course, our favorite. Regulation, temperament, like any any strategy. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, getting ourselves regulated so we can parent and speak with intention. And then the second one is reasoning and internalizing. That when we give our kids reasons for our expectations, when we provide a reason for why we're gonna do something the way we are, mm -hmm. uh, that helps our kids internalize those regulation behaviors and those attitudes instead of just, well, my mom says I can't hit. So I guess I won't hit when she's around. Yes, uh, I won't hit. <laughs> right. Internalizing, like I shouldn't hit because it hurts people. Mm -hmm. um, you know? And so that internalizing is a good trick to help kids regulate. Yes. And then another strategy we talked about was mindfulness and, and mindfulness, honestly, is just as simple as thinking about what's happening right here. And now it's me focusing on recording this podcast instead <laughs> of thinking about uh, the grocery list or what's going to happen after the podcast recording, mm -hmm. right? It's just mm -hmm. what is happening right now and allowing ourselves to be right there for our children helps them with regulation. It helps us regulate. It helps us be in the moment, just present. It doesn't have to be a big practice. It can just be recognizing, huh, I, here I am and I am right. right here. Here I am. <laughs> yes. Another one was to model that regulation behavior. And, you know, again, like I said, that one came to, that one really came to me in terms of, I can still do this for my 22 year old. Yes. It's not just about the younger children. It allows us to show and teach in the moment while things are happening, uh, sharing with them that we need practice too. Mm. Yes. Oh, well, and then we moved into thinking a little bit more about uh, temperament, of course, mm -hmm. and that we can use temperament to kind of tailor the regulation strategies that might fit best for our kids mm -hmm. uh, and each of our kids if we have more than one, because it might look different with it likely does look different with one than another. And so that we can use our temperament understanding to inform how we can help them regulate mm -hmm. is a strategy. 
And another strategy is to create an environment and create situations where our kids are able to have their those three basic needs met. Those needs of being independent or being or having autonomy, right? Mm-hmm. I make my own choices. I can influence the world around me for myself. Uh, and then, yes, they can build skills. They can feel capable with their mastery. And mm-hmm. they have connection to other people. They have belonging and hopefully connection to us too as parents, right? Yes. And so creating opportunities and hopefully a, a home environment that helps kids meet those three basic needs. Mm -hmm. And I think then the next strategy is one of those basic strategies that doesn't take a lot of theory or high tech thing, you know, high tech (laughs) software behind it. It's honestly just providing warm and responsive care. I can help meet your needs. I can be here when you're sad. I can be here when you're afraid. I'll give you a hug if you need it. I will give you space if you need it. Mm-hmm. You know, just like what Barb said, you know, just the infant learns that when they do this, the adult can do this and they begin to trust that we can provide for their needs. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's important we have that here on the list so we don't undervalue it. Exactly. Like, that exactly. is the preface. That's a tool. To helping kids regulate. Yes. It's a it real is tool. a real tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, And then we talked about it in our temperament episode, the idea of repetitive motion. And that's really just, you know, as basic as rocking, swaying, as basic as that shushing sound to the infant because it sounds like the heartbeat. Um, It can be something like repetitive, um, repetitive swallowing. We talked about (laughs) the soft palate and the brain and the nerves right there. Mm chewing gum, sucking on candy, sucking on a pacifier, sucking their thumb. So those repetitive motions are something that can really help teach children how to regulate themselves. Mm, Absolutely. And then a few more that we had in that episode of ways to help kids regulate. You know, we talked about humor. And I'm, I'm really leaning into this one lately, <laughs> but that it's a strategy we can help diffuse our kids. And yeah, mm-hmm. I'm talking about it with a two-year-old, but it can work with a teen, right? It can, it can work with a 10-year-old. Uh, and so, you know, that opportunity to use humor to help kids regulate. Um, you know, and then we also talked about the change of scenery and how powerful that that can be. And Absolutely. I think of times where we've just gotten in the car. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even know where we're going to go. Like, <laughs> let's get in the car and maybe we'll drive somewhere fun or maybe we'll, mm-hmm. right? And adults do that, right? We Sometimes people talk about, like, I just got in the car and started driving. Yes. Right? Change of scenery. Change of scenery. Uh, is one strategy. And then, of course, it only feels right if we said stop, breathe, talk first. Our last strategy, we should say, is deep breaths. Yes. We can model these. We can encourage mm-hmm. our kids to use them. We, in our house, with our when our kids are little and we're trying to teach them about deep breaths, we talk about breathing through a straw. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of take that in slow because you can't get a lot mm-hmm. of air. Or we talk about blowing up the balloon, mm-hmm. right? You yes. push your air out. And so thinking about those deep breaths and what that looks like for whatever age your kids are. Yes. I love those strategies, all kinds of, who knew we were going to come up with that many strategies when we started regulation, not right. When we didn't know whether it was a season or an episode. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So we do hope that fills your regulation toolbox and Mm -hmm. yeah, you're not, maybe you're like breathing through a straw. Sounds like something I'm not interested in telling my kids. (laughs) Maybe, you know, maybe some of these aren't for you. That's all right. Yeah. Pick the ones that maybe feel good or the ones that are new to you or, uh, you know, just choose something that can help you and your child on this regulation journey. 
Exactly. So that's a wrap for season nine, season yeah. 10. I mean, gosh, we've got some things in the works that we're excited to share with you. Can't tell you exactly what it is yet because we might change our mind. So <laughs> we're just going to leave season 10 at that. It's mm -hmm. season 10. You got to come back. You got to see. Yes. We've had a lot of fun in season nine. I feel, you know, obviously mm -hmm. as we talked through it, we've learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, for season 10 topic, like come back and see. Come back <laughs> and see. Might be mixing it up. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So thanks for joining us today on the Science of Parenting podcast. And remember, you can join us on Facebook and Twitter at Science of Parent to see our content in your feed. And, you know, you can stay caught up with us in between seasons by reading our blogs and sharing information on those blogs, too. We like to have questions. If we you wanted them. to send us, you know, you can also send us ideas. We love that. <laughs> Please do come along with us as we tackle the ups and downs, the ins and outs, and the research and reality all around the science of parenting. The Science of Parenting is hosted by Lori Kothals and Mackenzie Johnson, produced by Mackenzie DeYoung with research and writing by Barbara Dunn Swanson. Send in questions and comments to parenting at iastate.edu and connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. This institution is an equal opportunity provider. For the full non-discrimination statement or accommodation inquiries, go to www.extension.iastate.edu slash diversity slash ext.